So I have to admit, it's a little odd for me to be standing up here outdoors talking to you guys. Um, I told Joey, I told some of the worship team that it kind of reminds me a little bit of summer camp, being outside and worshiping this way and all of that. It just kind of reminds me of that. And one in particular thing it reminds me of, and I've shared this a lot with a lot of different people, is uh, that, that one of the very first trips that, that Kayla and I took um, was a trip to Lake Charles, Louisiana. And it was to share with people and witness to people and share the gospel with people. And it was so transformative, that trip transformed our lives and so many of the lives around us. Um, and I think that what we see here today in Simple Church is, a, is an overflow of what God started way back then. Um, Kayla and I have, have, have been around each other. I think she was 15 years old when, uh, when she first came and took that trip with us. And I can remember uh, Mike was, was a little apprehensive about that trip. He was like, look, uh, I really want you guys to connect with her. I hope and pray that, you know, she finds some friends and she really connects with the group here on this trip. And that's what I'm praying for and hoping for. And God did a great work through that trip to Lake Charles, Louisiana. And I can tell you that. And, and the reason I believe that, that we were really felt like that we could just almost reach out and touch God is because we were doing the thing that God has called us to do. And I told you last week that I'm kind of at this crossroads in my life and in ministry and, and, and the life of Simple Church that I'm like, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? Are we really accomplishing what God has set us out to accomplish? Are we doing it in the way God has called us to do it? Uh, what, what is it that we're doing? And, and in Lake Charles, Louisiana, I can remember one of the things that we did was we just fed people. There, it was in a low-income area, and we set up in a park, and we just took groceries and hung them on people's doors, and we talked to people, and people came to the park, and we were set up, and the kids would eat popsicles and we would just hang out with the people there and play games with them. And it was so, so amazing to be a part of that. And I really believe that God uses us when we're in that place where we are just being the hands and feet of Jesus and doing something maybe just as simple as feeding people. And I really believe that our resources as, as they're pulled together as a church should really be pulled together for that purpose of being able to reach people and help people. I really believe that that's where God's calling us to be. And I, I don't know that we are doing those things in the best way possible right now. We are doing some great things, and don't get me wrong. When we build wells with never thirst, or when we pack meals for new manna, we are doing some wonderful, wonderful things. But I really believe God is calling us to do this on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, that so we're able to do something and reach out to people in love and be the hands and feet of Jesus every single week. And I really believe that that's where we are. And, and today I want to talk to you about something every pastor loves preaching about, and that is giving. Oh, we love preaching about giving. I know what you're thinking. I've heard a million sermons about giving. Look, Kenny, I know, I know 10% right off the top. If I give that, God will bless me, and then I'll have an abundance, and I'll have nice cars and houses and all that kind of great stuff. I know how it goes. I've watched how they say it is done on TV. I know what those evangelists say on TV, that if you will give some seed money and you will put it in, then God will grow that, and you'll have tons and tons of overflowing wealth as a result of that. You know what's funny about that? You know what's funny about that, that junk that you hear on TV? Is this actually partially true? In every kind of deception, there's always a partial truth. There's always a little bit of truth in it. In every single lie that is really effective, there is always a little, a little bit, a little tiny bit of truth about it. 
As a matter of fact, that's the way Satan operates, right? He did that in the garden. He gives you just, oh, is that really what happened? There's just a little bit of truth to what he says, but he twists it a little bit so it's not exactly right. And I want to tell you today that I'm going to talk to you about giving. And we're going to talk about the church of Corinth that gave and, and what, what Paul was telling the church of Corinth. And we're going to just look at that for just for a few minutes. I know it's hot and I know the sun's shining and you, many of y'all don't have sunscreen on and you should have brought sunscreen. I get that. So just give me a few minutes of your time to really focus in on what God has said to the church of Corinth through the apostle Paul. And man, my Bible is flipping all over the place. That's cool. God must have wanted me to preach out of Isaiah chapter 20, I guess. I'm not sure. So... What I want to tell you, I, I want to read this out of Proverbs because I think it's so profound. I, I love the way it sounds, and, and I, I think that uh, we should always look back and see if we can find a truth in Proverbs that we can grab a hold to, to. God gives us these little truths that we can grab a hold to. And in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17, it says this, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord. He will repay you. I'll say it again. If you help the poor you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Oh, have you ever thought about that? When you help the poor that you're actually lending to the Lord? God's saying, you're giving to me. You're not just giving to the people that you, you see in front of you, you are lending to me. You are giving to me. And he says, not only are you giving to me, but you're lending to me and I will repay you with interest. And we're going to talk about that because, man, that sounds good. Like if I, if I put my 10% in, then God's going to give me 20% back. And that sounds good, don't it? But we're going to talk about why God does that because he does do that. And there is an element of truth about that, but we're going to talk about why God does that. So Paul's talking to the church of Corinth and I apologize for going fast. Keep up. I sound like I'm a Yankee or something, but anyway, so He says, I'm going to skip down a little bit in chapter 9 of 2 Corinthians, down to verse 3. It says, but I'm sending these brothers to you to be sure you're really, uh, you are really as ready as I've been telling them. So he's been telling the church in Macedonia that, that these guys are really anxious to give, and, and I, I'm just, I, it's time. The time has come. The time is right now. No more waiting. No more talking about it. No more being anxious to give. The time is now to give. And this is what he says as I've been telling them, and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong about my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, and not to mention our own embarrassment, if, if the Macedonian believers came with me and found out that you weren't ready after all, I had told them. So I, I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift and not one given grudgingly. But Paul says this, he says, you know what? Time's now. It's time to put up or shut up. It's time to stop talking about it. It's time to do it. Now's the time. And I, I really believe that the, the thing that God has impressed upon my heart and where we are at Simple Church is God is saying, now's the time. Well, we talk about giving. We talk about how we're supposed to, to feed people and help people and do all the things that we're supposed to do. And yeah, we do some of that. I believe that God is saying, now is the time. It's the time. If we're gonna talk about it and we're really gonna do it, then let's do it. Let's put all of our chips on the table. And I really believe that that's where God has us right now. We've been doing some good things. We really have. Um, I, I, I told you uh, recently with Simple Church, I said, hey, during this time of social distancing, I don't want you to give to the church. I want you to give to somebody else, somebody who needs it. You know people that need it. You know organizations that need it. Just give it to them. Don't give it to the church. And some people got very upset about that. <laughs> 
People have been sneaking money to the church. They're like, they're like, I, I, I'm going to give this to the church, but I don't want anybody to know about it because I want Kenny to get mad. The reality is, I will never tell you that you can't give money to the church if that's where you desire to give it. And I get that, okay? So it, I'm not chastising you if you gave money to the church while we were in social distancing and quarantine and all that good stuff. I'm not chastising you for that. But we have been doing some great things and some people in this church have been doing some great things. I know that some, some people at Children's Hospital, some of the workers that, that often get neglected or don't really, you know, the doctors and the nurses, they get all the, the claim, they get all the fame and all that kind of stuff because people know what they do and they see the evidence of what they do. But there are people working behind the, back, behind the scenes and in the background, just like there are people here at Simple Church that are working behind the scenes and in the background. People tend to give me all the credit when the reality is it belongs to the church and ultimately it belongs to God. I see that all the time. Oh, praise God for Simple Church for doing this, blah, blah, blah. Good job, Kenny. I appreciate you doing it. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Jesus did this in and through the hands and feet that he has put here on the ground. And as much as I appreciate the accolades and the shout outs on Facebook, that's great and wonderful. But God ultimately gets the credit for everything that is done. And these people at Children's Hospital, the doctors and the nurses were being fed, right? Uh, well, we had some people in our church decide that, uh, that they wanted to feed the doctors and the nurses there, and she cut, made a contact, and, and, and all this was kind of transpiring. And the, 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 the lady at Children's Hospital said, you know, the doctors and the nurses, they get fed every single day. But you know who doesn't get fed is the, the, the custodial team and the child life specialist. You know that they don't get fed. Nobody brings them food. So what we did... It's two times while we've been in social distancing. The church, God ultimately getting the glory for what happens in and through Simple Church, we took food to the child life specialist and to the custodial staff at Children's Hospital. And man, to see their faces light up and to see them giving glory to God because they're like, it was said about Simple Church, it's like, so how many people are in your church? There must be a ton of people in your church. Like, no, no, there ain't a bunch of people here. But there are a bunch of people that are really committed to Jesus Christ and doing what God has called us to do. Therefore, it don't matter how many numbers we have. Man, if we have our faith is big and that is evident through that and then God gets all the glory for that. And man, we look really big because God is really big. And here we see the church of Corinth as Paul is talking to him. He says, look, time is now. I sent some guys ahead to say, hey, the time is right now. You get ready because the time is now. And this is what he goes on to tell the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says this. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Oh, man, that sounds good. And, and, and some, some Bible preachers on the, on the TV will tell you that. all. That. You just need to put some seed money in. If you want to get some seed money out, you know, if you just do that. And, and they, get, they take this particular passage sometimes out of context. He says, but the one who, who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. Uh-oh. Whoa, <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were supposed to give 10%, Paul. What are you doing? You just said each person must decide in their heart how much to give. Don't take some Old Testament passage out of context and say that you're supposed to give 10%. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to give as the Lord encourages your heart to give. And if you do it begrudgingly, if you do it just out of obligation or because somebody moves you to do that, then you're doing it the wrong way. He says, you must decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. 
This is what he says. He says, decide in your heart. You know, when you decide in your heart, that means that you say, I'm making a commitment right now. And that commitment's not gonna waver, that commitment's not gonna change. I'm making a commitment right now, and this is what I'm gonna do. It doesn't mean that, that somebody preaches a good message and all of a sudden you put a check in the, in the offering plate. It doesn't mean that, that, that you see God working in and through and, and you say, okay, they're doing something good, therefore I will give more. No, you decide in your heart exactly what you're supposed to do and you do that. You do that. Whatever that looks like for you, it's your own decision in your heart. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? He starts out by talking about a little seed uh, gets a small crop, but the one who plants generously will receive will get a generous crop. Now, hang on with me for just a second. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Oh, the, the first thing that we see here, one of the things that we get out of our giving is that if you give and you give with the right heart and you give cheerfully, he says joyfully. The people were just anxious to give to the church of Jerusalem. They wanted to give to the apostles so the apostles could spread it out and give to those in need as they had need. Man, they were fired up about it and they talked about it all the time. We want to, we want to, we want to. And they were like, hang on, your time's coming, your time's coming. Just, just wait a little while, you'll be able to give, you'll be able to give. And he says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. The first thing we see out of your giving when you decide in your heart and you give, it's not that you get a bunch of material things immediately. It's not, it's not like that. The first thing it says, and I think this is the most important thing, and this is the thing that, that this should be the reason why you give, God loves. God loves. You give and God loves. That there's a special kind of love for, for those that give. That there, there's a, a special kind of closeness you get with God when you give. That's why you give. It's, I, I can't think of another reason. It's like we could stop right there and we could say, that's enough. We give and God loves. What, what else is there? How can you top that? He says, God loves a cheerful giver. Those who give with joy in their heart and they're giving because they want to give so desperately. Is that how we're giving? Is that what our giving looks like? Or we just say, you know, I'm gonna write this check because I'm supposed to. He says, don't succumb to outside pressure. Don't give reluctantly, give joyfully because you want to give. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. So as I was thinking about where Simple Church is, is going, where God is kind of directing us, and I think, man, if we do, if we put all of our chips on the table and we just go help people, what is that going to look like? Are we going to continue to be a church? Are we going to continue to, to do what God's called us to do and continue to meet? I, I believe that God is going to give us all we need. Now, understand that when we say all we need, you got to understand what that means. That doesn't mean necessarily a building with air conditioning. That is not what we need. That is not something we need. It is a great luxury that we have. It is not something that we need. If we just meet outside just like this and all we have is this book and all of us meeting together, that's all we need. That's all we really need. It's great to have a playground. I love that. I love that we can go on youth trips to Florida. I love that. That's great and wonderful, but that is not what we need. What we need is us and this book, and that is what we need. God will generously provide all that you need. I believe he's speaking 
to us as a church right here, and he's speaking to you as a family, he's speaking to you as an individual. If you're contemplating what I should give and how I should give, you need to go into it with confidence that God is going to supply all that I need. He says, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. He says, you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Do you hear what's being said here? Do you know why God gives generously when you give? When he returns back more when you give? Do you know why he does that? It's not so that you can have a nice Not so that, so that you can have a nicer house or, or have a better job or any of those kinds. Of, it's so that you can give more. You see, you take, you take your, your seed, you plant it, it grows, and then, then it multiplies, and then you've got more seeds. And you take those seeds, and what do you do with them? You plant them again. And as you plant, more grows. And as more grows, you've got more seeds, and more grows from there. It's so that we can continue to give. It's not so that we can live more lavishly. God blesses so you can keep on giving. And, and, and think about that. I keep on giving and God keeps on loving. And what else is there? He's supplying all that I need and I keep on giving so I can give some more. See, it all, all boils down to the heart, right? It all starts with the heart. It says in verse 10, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and the bread and then the bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. What is your great harvest? Your great harvest is not more junk for you, more that you can put in your storehouses and, and save up. It's so that you can, you can have this generosity that you so deeply desire in your heart. God is feeding that in your heart, this desire to have generosity. He's feeding that in your heart, and that's what he's doing. To become more and more and more and more. See, See, those preachers on television that tell you that if you give a little seed money, then you'll have more money. That's partially true. That's partially true. If you give to the poor, and then you take whatever you get from giving to the poor, and you give that to the poor also, and at the same time, God's supplying your needs, and then you take that, when God supplies more, if you take that, and then you, then you give that to the needy and to the poor, yes, he does multiply, and he multiplies in abundance. But it's not so you can feed yourself, it's so you can feed those that are around you. He gives you a greater sphere of influence and a greater opportunity for generosity. He says it all comes from God. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gift to those in need, they will thank God. They will thank God. They will thank God. One of the reasons that they gave through the, the church of Jerusalem, through the apostles, is so that they wouldn't get the credit for who is given. That they would just say, you know what? The church of God is the one that is, is giving generously to people and meeting the needs of people that don't have anything. So instead of thanking me, they're going to thank God through the church. 
A lot of times I give on the side, aside from giving to the church, and I don't say this boastfully, but I just give just because I feel like God compels me to, so I just give. And man, it is such a blessing. It is such a greater blessing when nobody knows about it. I don't want people to know about it. I don't want people seeing what I do and give me credit. I don't want any credit. If I get credit, then I'll become selfish. I want all the credit to go to God. And he says, you know what, when, 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 when you give, and he goes through the church, and when they give, they'll give thanks to God. All of this boils down to a relationship with God, does it not? He's like, when you give, God's got a special kind of love for you. When you give, God's the one that plants the seeds and sows the seeds, and, and, and when you give, he's gonna give back generously. And when you give, and, and when you give with the right kind of heart, God's gonna get the glory when they say thank you. It seems like to me as I read this passage that it's all about him and not about us. And that's the way it should be in our giving. We, we, make, uh, we settle in our hearts what we're supposed to give and how we're supposed to give and we do that and we're committed to that and it's between us and God and we say that is where it belongs because he gets the glory for it all. He says, so two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Why do we give? Why do we give? Paul's talking to the church of Corinth and he says, we give because ultimately they'll give thanks to God and the the." the the believers that are there, that the apostles are passing out and meeting the needs of the people around them, he says, their needs are being met. The believers' needs are being met. He said, and there's thanks to God. Let me ask you a question. When you give, when you give, and I'm not talking about the simple church, I'm talking about when you give. Do you have it settled in your heart how you're supposed to give and what you're supposed to give? Is your focus just between you and God and nobody else knows exactly what I'm giving? It's just between you and God and you give generously because you want God to bless you generously, but you don't want God to bless you generously just so you can have more stuff. You want him to bless you generously so you can give more away. Is that your heart? Is that your mindset? Or is it more selfish than that? Does it boil down to God or does it boil down to you when you take away everything else and it's just you and Jesus standing face to face what is the answer? Where is it? Where's your heart? I can tell you this. The good news is, no matter where your heart has been previously in giving, that God impresses upon our hearts. He takes the word of God and shows us with a mirror exactly what we're supposed to be like. And we're not supposed to walk off and forget about it. We're supposed to remember so that we can forever be changed. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, he has, he has this power to change our hearts and, 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 and make us move in a different direction. And I want to tell you this, no matter how your giving has been in the past or where your heart's been when you gave, if it was out of compulsion or obligation, you were doing it the wrong way then, you have a chance now to do it the right way. To get your heart committed and settled on the fact that God is all about your glory. I want to meet people's needs. I, want, I, I believe the time is now so that we can meet people's needs and God will get the glory for it. God, through his amazing grace, he corrects us and shows us the direction we should now go. That's the reason he gives us his, his Holy Spirit. 
is to comfort us and correct us and guide us and lead us. So no matter where you've been before, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you and he's moving in your heart. He's changing your heart, changing your direction, changing whatever it was inside of you that might've been selfish. You got a chance now to repent and say, you know what, God, whatever I've done in the past, because of your grace, I can turn towards you. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, if you haven't committed your whole life to him and you really talk about giving, when you give to God, when you give to God, you give everything. You say, God, it all belongs to you. And in your life, when it comes to your salvation, it all belongs to him. It's all about the finished work of the cross and what he did on the cross. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you say, I don't know this, this conviction inside of me. My heart is not guiding me in the right direction. It's because you don't know him. It's because you don't know Jesus Christ. He gives abundantly. He gives abundantly. And he did so on the cross for you. I was praying over here when we were singing in worship. Man, band can go ahead and make their way up here. I'll kind of finish with this. I was, I was over there praying and I was thinking about you are good. And I was praying to God. I said, God, in a lot of ways, I don't feel so good. A lot of times I feel mostly bad. Like what's in my heart is bad. And we're singing about how good he is and, 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 and like impressed upon my heart. You see, Kenny, the thing is, my goodness is much better than your badness. It's more abundant than, than your badness. So you see, I, I was over there thinking about how bad I am. And God said, you focus on my goodness because my goodness is greater than your badness. Now, I don't know if that's grammatically correct or not, but this is what I know. God was breaking my heart through that truth, the fact that his goodness is greater than our badness. So wherever your heart is, whatever you've done previously, selfishness, or maybe even with your own heart and mind and soul, and God is calling you through his grace right now. He's saying, my goodness is way more abundant than your badness. So you can come to him through his amazing grace and just say, God, my life belongs to you. Whatever I have belongs to you now. And maybe God has, has shown you something about your giving or how you give, or maybe God is impressing you to move in a certain direction. It all boils down to obedience, just saying yes to him. Whether it's with your money, it is, all belongs to him. You just say yes to him. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much, God, for your precious. God, thank you so much for Paul and 2 Corinthians through the Corinthian church what it means to really give. And these people were giving joyfully. They were ready to give and anxious to give. Lord, I pray that we be that way. I pray that our hearts and our minds are fixed on you and your glory. God, we love you so much. God, I, we, want, we want the overflow of our lives to show that we love you so much. So Lord, I pray that one way that we do that is through our giving. We, we don't give so that we'll get, we'll give so that you get the glory. Father, maybe somebody here doesn't belong to you. They haven't fully given their lives to you. They haven't fully committed to you. Lord, I pray that today they would give. They would give their whole lives to you so that you would get the glory. Father, thank you for this precious word. Thank you for this time that we've had in your word. We pray now that you're glorified as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone stand.